Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. And now we're going to be on video as well for some of them, as long as I can improve my technical skills here. I'm Spencer Pollack. I'm your host. I'm a cybersecurity attorney from Niles Barton and Wilmer. Glad to have you back. Very excited today. We've got a really cool guest, Tony Kanyas from Insurance Nerds. Um, that's right. Applause, applause. Before we get to Tony, obviously, as I say every time, I love your questions, love your comments. Keep them coming. Call me, 443-381-3586, or email me, sspollock, that's P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K. So we're going to get into Tony now. Let me give you a quick backdrop about who Tony is. Tony is uh, at Insurance Nerds, who I have to give a shout out for because they helped me push this message, very important message. So thank you to Tony and Insurance Nerds. Uh, he's the Chief Motivational uh, Officer at Insurance Nerds. He's a blogger, speaker, writer with a specialty in insurance. And I've got to tell you, Tony has more energy than almost anyone I've ever met. And I mean that in a great way. <laughs> because I feel like I'm high energy and I'm high tempo. And I think after the first time I talked to Tony, I called one of my friends, I was like, I don't think I can keep up with Tony. That's a little scary for me. Um, and another part, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's all sponsored by Costa Rican coffee. That, that's, what, that's what keeps me going. The strong stuff, that's right, that's right. Another part about Tony, a quick story when I met him, which I knew we were gonna connect well is, he got on the call and he was wearing um, a Flash, Mr. Flash shirt. I think he's got a Superman shirt on right now. I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge comic book nerd, Marvel, DC. And I was like, all right, I know this guy and me, we're definitely going to get along. So, Tony, welcome. Thank you very much for being a part of, uh, for being a part of the podcast. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. So we're recording on Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. And I, this is my Friday. So I had some vacation days to burn. You know, we haven't been able to travel this year. Uh, so I am off for a five-day weekend starting today. So I am doing really well. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm the back end of the, or the front end of your vacation. Oh, no problem. I'll try not to make it painful. I'll try not to make it painful. Um, so Tony, let's jump into the conversation I've been having with my listeners since I launched the podcast. Specifically, obviously, the, it's called the Cyber Law Revolution. A uh, big part of this is cyber insurance. And I know you're connected big time with the younger generation, the millennials. And, you know, a key part of what I've been discussing is that we need people to step up. You know, I believe, I truly believe we are at war with hackers and we need soldiers. We need soldiers coming up through the ranks. And in your experience in talking to younger generations or connecting with the young, younger generation millennials, what have you seen in terms of their interest in cyber insurance and cybersecurity? So in, in general, uh, both millennials and, and now Gen Zers, and my specialty is millennials, but, but I, I've been learning more and more and more about, about Gen Zers, uh, working on writing a book about them. Um, and, and my, in my experience, they're not interested in insurance. They, they, they really, they in general, are not. E even the ones that, that end up studying risk management and, and insurance or RMI uh, generally showed up, to, showed up to school at a school that had RMI program. They showed up for accounting or something else, and, and then uh, either uh, the school mandated uh, risk management 101 for, for every business major, or more likely, Gamma Iota Sigma had free pizza, and they showed up for the free pizza and stayed b because of a speaker telling them how awesome insurance is. Uh, but but the, the exception to, to that rule, to the rule that nobody grows up wanting to work in insurance is the cyberspace. I can't, not, not cyberspace, the cyber insurance space. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I have kids specifically asking about cyber. How do I get into cyber? Kids who have never worked in insurance, right? Kids who are, who are in college and happen to have found insurance nerds. 
Uh, and, and the question is always, how do I get into cyber? And, and to be honest, I don't know because I've never worked in cyber, right? So, so, so I, I tend to, to tell them uh, that getting some insurance experience and uh, any sort of IT background or, or at least being tech savvy, you don't have to be a, a coder, but speaking the language is going to be very helpful. And, and, and being very aware, like, like read some articles, read, 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 there's probably no books about cyber insurance at this point, but, but read some articles, watch some presentations on, on, on conferences uh, about cyber and, and learn what the different exposures are. And even that's going to help you uh, shine in, in, in the interview. But, but yeah, you guys in the cyber side have an advantage that, that it, it's, it's considered by, by the kids, meaning anybody younger than 20, uh, younger than 38, it's considered by, by, by the kids to be a cool area of our otherwise considered boring industry, which it isn't, but. You make a lot of good points that I wanted to unpack. I mean, the first one was, you know, how do really people fall into insurance? You know, the other part, what you were saying is, you know, how do people get the experience in cyber insurance? Um, I think in people that get into insurance have a huge advantage over say a lawyer trying to get into cyber law because in the insurance world, you will be able to find that. And granted, look, I've never worked for an insurance company, but in working in the cyber world with insurers, I've seen they offer those paths down to learn about cyber, um, to gain that experience, but to get the front end experience as you're talking about with risk, you know, learning about risk, even beyond cyber as a fundamental goal for people. I think it's very crucial to then translate into cyber. What is that what you think as well with this? A hundred percent. Risk is risk and managing risk is, is managing risk. It's what we do in the insurance and, and risk management industry. Uh, so, so the cyber piece, number one, it's, it's, it's moving really fast because technology is moving really fast. Number two, it's really new compared, right? We, we look at, it, at, at insurance, uh, modern insurance goes back 300 years. Uh, the Chinese had a version of, of, of insurance thousands of years ago, but modern insurance go back, goes back 300 years. So, so we know how to manage the risk of, of a house or a factory burning down or, or a ship going down. Uh, and, and in the last hundred, maybe, uh, we've learned how to manage liability risks. But when it comes to, to cyber, those are kind of invisible risks, right? right? Uh, and, and so, so they're very hard to manage. So, so, so we're just learning. But how are we learning? Well, by applying the normal techniques of, of risk management into that space. And, and one career advantage that I tell people on, on cyber, not only is it very interesting and fast growing and fast changing, uh, but there are no 40-year underwriters when it, when it comes to cyber because we haven't had it for, for that long, right? So, so it's, a, it's an area where, where you can have massive career growth, growth quickly because there's not a bunch of, of underwriters ossified in their chairs, uh, not willing to do things differently, uh, standing in, in your way of getting a promotion, which can be the, <laughs> the way it is in other lines of business. That's a really good point too, because cyber is so new. You know, even looking at the legal side, the tech side, the crisis response, the insurance. I mean, we're all kind of just making our way through these muddy waters because you're right. While insurance has been there for a long time, the cyber part is very much new. All right, so give me some advice. Let's just assume one of my listeners is that isn't, um, say, a manager, adjuster, claim representative, underwriter at one of, at an insurance carrier, looking to expand their base. Cyber insurance, sorry, looking to expand their base with a younger generation, more diverse generation. How does one approach someone? Because while insurance is cool, right? Or I'm sorry, cyber. Well, I think insurance is cool because I work in it a lot, and so do you. But in terms of how does somebody go to the younger generation and convince them? You should start as our underwriter. We can get you into cyber X year, and the path is going to be great for you. 
Step one is stop apologizing that you work in insurance. I think it was Michael Salmi, former president of the, of the CP Society, that, that said that originally. Stop apologizing that, that you work in insurance. I have asked giant uh, audiences of insurance professionals, uh, number one, did you grow up working in insurance? Almost nobody raises their hand. Number two, did your kids, did any of your kids follow you into insurance? And it's very rare, right? So what that tells me is, is that you're not telling your kids how awesome insurance is. Uh, because otherwise they would have followed you. Some of them would have followed you in, into the industry. I, I, we have to reverse that, right? When you're at a cocktail party and somebody asks you what you do, don't apologize that you work in insurance. Like tell them how awesome it is. Tell them how exciting it is. Uh, that's that's step and and tell tell that to your kids. Tell that to their kids. Volunteer to go to career day at your kid's school and talk about how awesome insurance is, right? Volunteer to 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 go to to the. Uh, to, to not only speak at, uh, at Gamma, Gamma Iota Sigma, the insurance risk management and fraternity at local chapter at your local school, but, but also like volunteer to speak to the MBA class, uh, to the MBA club or, or whatever like business side clubs there are, uh, they, they're probably not talking about insurance. We need, some, we need some like those like feet on the ground to go and tell them about how awesome insurance is. So I, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. It's, it's just openly talking about it and, and then uh, once you're doing that, the, the next step, uh, coming on podcasts, writing articles, et cetera, is it, a lot more natural once you've gotten yourself used to, to, to talking ab ab about how insurance levels some career. Very good. Very interesting. Very good points. Um, in terms of diversity, you know, I think the legal industry suffers this as well. I think insurance, I think tech, everything that really encompasses cyber, we're not very diverse. Uh, and I think obviously that's an issue across the country that's being discussed, but how does one, especially in insurance, and you know, I'm not trying to flag insurance with it, but insurance does not seem to be the most diverse industry. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but how We're do, working on it. That's but, right. Yeah. But, yeah, but how it's, do, it's a work in progress. So how do, how does the insurance industry and specific cyber insurance start to really focus on diversity and diversify their basically base with their employees? Okay. So, so, so. There's there's two parts to it. There's there's insurance. How do we diversify insurance? And then there's cyber. Okay, so I know a lot about the first one. I can take some guesses about the second one. Uh, on, some educated guesses. On on the first one, how do we diversify insurance? Uh, if you think about about the the geographic areas where a lot of insurance carriers are headquartered, Des Moines, Iowa, Columbus, Ohio, uh, uh, Atlanta, a little bit. But uh, for example, those two examples are, are great examples. Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, New York is, is, is a big insurance hub, but, but there's, there's a lot more insurance in those, small, in those kind of medium-sized uh, Midwestern hubs uh, than other industries. So, so a lot of the industry comes from those areas because that, that, right, when they started the career, those were the jobs available locally. Uh, so if you think about it, a lot of those areas are very white areas. Right, Des Moines and, and Columbus especially. So, so it requires a different thinking. It, it requires uh, actively recruiting in the, in the, in the geographies, uh, in other geographies where, where you have offices and in the post-COVID era, actively recruiting remote. It, it requires becoming much more active with, 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 with the, uh, with the historical, uh, historic, uh, historic black colleges and universities. It, be, it requires becoming a lot more active with, with, with the Hispanic MBAs uh, and, and with any other uh, diversity in business groups out there. It requires uh, supporting NIA, the National Association of, of, of uh, I, don't, I don't remember the letters, uh, 
but basically the, the black insurance group, uh, mm -hmm. I think I think the letters is, is, is Naya. So supporting th those groups is gonna go a long way to, towards bringing more talent. Uh, and let, let, let me give an example. When I was when I was at Nationwide, Nationwide, Columbus, Ohio based, second biggest office in Des Moines, Iowa, both very white areas. They happen to have a ginormous call center in, uh, in San Antonio, Texas, a very Latino area, right? They, they've done step one. The problem is, at least when I left Nationwide five years ago or so, uh, there were no higher, there were no jobs beyond manager level uh, in the San Antonio office. That was truly a call center, right? So if, 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 if a high-performing kid, likely a, a, a Latino, uh, wanted to grow into the, into the director or higher levels, they'd have to relocate to Columbus, Ohio, or Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, they might not be super comfortable in those very wide areas. Not only that, but chances are the jobs that have relocation packages, they're, they're a level or two below, right? So, so, so the, the highest level in, in the San Antonio office is a level, a level or two below where you need to be in order to be relocatable in a, in a large company, right? So you've got to move some real jobs down there or, or at least allow the people to, to, to work from there. Uh, so, we, so basically, what we've done in a lot of insurance, we've done half the work. We, we've, we've brought in a significant amount of diverse talent, especially women. We've brought in a, a significant amount of women and a significant amount of diverse talents, but we're not very good at growing them into the executive levels. That's where the work needs to be done in the overall insurance. If I had to take a, a, a wild guess in, in cyber, okay, so if insurance is white and IT, is, is like I'm thinking Silicon Valley IT is white, Right. If those are both traditionally white male games, who do you think your cyber underwriters are likely to be unless you specifically invest in recruiting people from non-diverse, from uh, diverse backgrounds? Uh, they're probably going to be white tech bros, mm -hmm. right? White male tech bros, because that is that is who makes the IT side and who makes the, the, uh, the, the, the insurance uh, traditional people. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely going to take a conscious effort, I think, on multiple levels to start incorporating that more uh, diverse thinking. Because I, I do believe when we, as every industry, gets more diverse and embrace diversity, you're going to get different uh, viewpoints, different thoughts that are going to help us expand our businesses, expand our enterprises, and better serve service clients. But the, 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 the research is super clear. I know that you're on the legal side, not on the business side, so you might, you might not have read the business books, but, but, but the research is super clear. We've had for like the last five to 10 years, we have tons of research, uh, books, McKinsey reports, et cetera, et cetera, and they all show the same thing. Diversity leads to performance. The more diverse companies, especially uh, companies with more diverse leadership, uh, have better profitability. In, on, in general, not just within insurance, in general, than less diverse companies. And, and the latest McKinsey report, it's the third one that they've done, they do like every five years, uh, the latest version of McKinsey's diversity 40-page paper, whatever they, they call it, I can send you the link, uh, specifically shows how uh, the companies that, that were good at diversity when they first did it, when they first did, did the report, uh, have outpaced the, the other companies, and not only that, the, the, the distance is growing. So basically companies and, and industries that are good at, at, at diversity are getting better and better and better because they're, they're, they're already good at diversity and diversity leads to good business results. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's going to take that enterprise wide change, which, you know, I think it's good. Everyone's come from the top. Yes. And we're all having, I feel like the conversations are starting. So, you know, as a society, we move slowly, but hopefully we kind of accelerate that process, but then see that change. Um, all right. Pivoting. To wrap up last quote, I have two questions. Last question is going to be, if you could sum up everything you kind of believe about insurance, just you're talking to somebody at a conference or whatnot in two sentences, what would that be? Uh, kind of to sell them into considering insurance as a career? I, whichever way you want to go with it. As you're, you got two sentences, I, I will leave it up with you. Let's see the world's longest run-on sentence. <laughs> uh, comma, comma, comma. Uh, insurance is absolutely awesome as, as a career because it is fascinatingly interesting. It is the only industry where we don't know the cost of goods sold when we sell it. And we help people. That's the, ultimately, that's what, that's what insurance does. Whether it's personalized or commercial lines, we help people get back, get back on, on their feet. And as a career, it's super stable. And right now, it is staffed by a very mature uh, group with an average age somewhere in the 59 or 60. Uh, so basically, they're retiring. And if you come in, get some experience, and... Uh, invest in yourself, invest in your network, and, and uh, gain some good domain expertise w within some aspect of, of insurance, guaranteed a career here. There's very little competition. That wasn't two sentences, but I'm going to let it go right now. Yeah, I can't, it was I, I can't so, say, hi, I'm Tony, in, in two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last thing, Tony. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, how could they get in touch with you? I'm super easy to find. Uh, uh, if you can in include the uh, the link to my LinkedIn, but I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, Tony Canyas. Uh, I have a bunch of letters after my name, so very easy to find. Uh, if you want to have a career conversation because you are in insurance and want a different role with insurance, or if uh, if uh, you uh, want to work in insurance, uh, grab some time and chat with Tony. Chatwithtony.com, and let's have a conversation. That's great. So I'm yeah, super easy to find. I, I do my best to be visible. That's wonderful. Tony, thank you so much. And thank you for everyone for listening. Um, always a pleasure to have a guest and our listeners at the Cyber Law Revolution. Send in a, feel free to call 443-381-3586 or email me sspollock at nilesbarton.com. Not I will uh, see everyone or hear everyone. I guess you're going to hear me on the next episode. Have a wonderful day and uh, Tony, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Awesome.